My, my, it's great to be here at Hillcrest Baptist Church. I have been coming, like Brother Mike said, on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights for the last uh, year and a half since I left the pastor at Cedar Grove. And I've been hinting to him all that time that I would like to preach sometime. <laughs> and I thought that I was going to have to come out and ask him to let me preach. But finally he got the hint or got something and he's allowed me to stand here this evening. And I, I do appreciate that. I, I preached at Hillcrest once before. And I've been trying to remember what year it was. But uh, Tammy, which is my daughter who looks just like me <laughs> and not like her mama, she and Nathan had just got married. And Nathan had converted over from the Nazarene church to the Baptist church. Amen. God moves in mysterious ways, doesn't he? And Nathan joined the church here, and uh, Brother Alan Bueller was serving as uh, interim pastor at that time. And he asked me to come and uh, preach and to baptize Nathan. And so I got to do that. I started to hold him under a little longer than usual, <laughs> but, but I let him up, and... We're proud of both of them. How many of you were here that night when I preached? Uh, 28 now. You remember when I preached? Well, I'll preach the same sermon tonight, you know. Okay? <laughs> a few years ago, um, there was a church up in the country uh, that called me to come and help in revival service. And if there's one thing I love to do, it's to love to preach. If I'm not preaching, I'm studying to preach. If I'm asleep, I'm dreaming about preaching. It's what I do. It's my life. It's all I am is preaching. And so I went to this little church and I preached. And on this one particular night, I preached on the cross. When I had finished my sermon that night, there were two precious souls that came to the altar and they prayed and received Christ as their Savior, and most everyone in the church seemed like that they were very happy. And uh, as I stood at the back door and people were coming out, one of the deacons came to me and says to me, Brother Terry, your sermon was okay, but I just don't like preaching on the cross. And I said, uh, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are lost, but to those of us who are saved, it's the power of God. Amen. The devil don't like preaching on the cross either. I listen to a lot of preachers and communicate with a lot of preachers, and it's really surprising to me that how few preachers preach on the cross anymore. They preach about a lot of other stuff, but they don't preach about the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And this evening, I'm going to preach a sermon to you that it may seem a little doctrinal to you, but, but I'm going to call it a doctrinal sermon. I'm going to call it the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ on the cross or the story of Barabbas. I believe it's on the screen where our text is at. 
And I'm not used to preaching with one of those screens because uh, if we have 22 or 23 on Sunday morning in Macedonia, we got a crowd, okay? And so it looks like we got about uh, 75 or 80 here, and so I'm glad you're here, and may God bless you and preserve you for being here. Let me read to you from the book of Matthew, chapter 27, beginning in verse 15. Now, at that feast, which was the feast of the Passover, the governor who was Pilate was wrought or accustomed to releasing unto the people a prisoner whom they would choose. And they had there a notable or a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? Let's drop down to 21, okay? Save some time. The governor answered and said unto them, Whither of the twain or which of the two will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all said unto him, Let him be crucified. Go over to John chapter 18. Verse 38 and 39. 38. Let's do 38, 39, and 40, okay? Got it? Pilate said unto them, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again into the, to the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all, but you have a custom that I should release unto you one at this Passover. Will you therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? They cry, then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Will you join us together as we pray? Lord, we pray that you would be with us as we... Uh, standing here in this sacred place where your word has been rightfully preached and taught for many years. And we do not come here thinking that we are anybody or that we have anything, but we come here that we're going to preach about a, a God that is everything Amen. and can do everything for anybody that needs anything done. We pray that you would just anoint us and have our weakness, our frailties. We know that you know what our situation has been over the past few days and we're just trusting you that you're going to take care of all these things that have bothered us in the past and that your name is going to be uplifted and glorified in this service this evening. Have your will in all things. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, we do pray. And all God's people join us in saying, Amen. Amen. As I come to bring you my message this evening, I'm sort of stirred in my heart and in my mind about all the things that I'm supposed to remember not to do, okay? I'm not supposed to talk about Tammy. 
I'm not supposed to talk about Linda. Okay to talk about Mary. I'm not supposed to preach long because people at Hillcrest don't like long-winded preachers. I said, well, I get them one time, I'll give them a good shot while I got them. I mean, they never get a chance again. So I'm going to try to remember all those things and get you out at a decent hour. According to my timepiece, it is now uh, 10 minutes to 7. <laughs> if God is the sovereign God that we believe that Scripture teaches that he is, and he is, then there is nothing, there's nothing in the scriptures that are without meaning. Many people, they study the scriptures and they try to figure out stuff and they say, well, what does that mean? What does this indicate? What's the importance of that? We, we may not always see and we may not always understand what the significance of anything is, but it is still there whether we understand it or not. And I think the same thing is true about the cross, about the crucifixion of Jesus, about his trial, about his death, about his burial, about his resurrection. Everything that's related to Jesus Christ, everything there has a meaning and everything is significant. Now, there are some that say, well, everything just happened a coincidence. I've heard preachers say that, that Jesus got carried away in his delusions of grandeur and that he thought that he was something and he, he lost control of the situation. He wound up being arrested and tried and condemned and crucified, but it really meant nothing. They said everything came about because of the actions of the chief priests and with their act, interaction with Pilate and that it all came about and all occurred because of that. Well, it is true that they did interact, but it is not true that it was, it was an accident. It just happened. Everything there was predetermined and preordained by God. Now, when we say something like that, there's always going to be someone's going to start thinking that we have let a Calvinist come into our pulpit. I want you to know up front that I am not a Calvinist. I want you to know up front that this plan that I'm speaking to you about and the things that are predetermined here is the plan of salvation. I was talking to a very educated man just a few days ago, and he said to me, could God change his mind and save people some other way. I said to him, the only way of salvation is through Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ said in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of, of John, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. And this person said to me, but could God change his mind? Could God decide that he's going to save people some other way? And my answer to him is no, God can't change his mind. Not about that. He might change his mind about destroying Nineveh because the people repented there. But God can't change his mind about the plan of salvation. It is through Jesus Christ. It is through the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary that God has chosen to save us. Now, let, let me hurry. I know I don't have as much time as I need, and 
I may have to preach half my sermon, get Brother Mike to invite me back. Y'all say, get this boy back, okay? <laughs> I'm politicking, Brother Mike. Okay. Let, let me point out some things to you. Everything was predetermined and preordained. For example, the betrayal of Jesus Christ. We all know what happened there, don't we? Judas went to Pilate, went to the chief priest, and to the scribes and said to them, what will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you. And they coveted together and made agreement for 30 pieces of silver. The rejection by the people. How come the people to reject Jesus Christ? Look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. How about the false witnesses that came uh, to Caiaphas' house to testify against Jesus Christ? Psalms chapter 35, verse 11. How about his silence when Pilate questioned him and refused to answer? How about that? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. How about the beating that he received from the Roman lash? Isaiah chapter 50. Verse 6, how about him being offered gall or a, a, a drugged wine to deaden his physical feelings during the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? How about that? Psalms chapter 69, verse 21. How about being crucified with two thieves? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. How about having a spear run through his side? Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. How about being buried in the tomb of a rich man? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 9. We could go on and on and on in every detail of the crucifixion. It's there. But in the midst of all these predetermined details, there is a very special story to me. It is in all four of the Gospels. Let me give you those. Matthew chapter 27, we read that. Mark chapter 15, Luke chapter 23, and John chapter 18. I've been studying for this message for several days now since Brother Mike called me, and I have found that, that I can't study about the crucifixion and the things that took place there without Christ. Why, well, I'm a... If I lived a week from Sunday, I'll be 75 years old. I know I don't look it, okay? You don't have to tell me that. <laughs> but I, I'm still an emotional guy. Amen. And I get emotional over thinking about what Jesus Christ suffered on the cross. Yes. And Brother Travis, I should have been crucified. It was me. I should have been the one that was crucified. But Jesus took my place. The story of Barabbas is found, as I said, in all four of the Gospels, but there's only 38 verses that tell us about the story of Barabbas. On the surface, it's a, it's a simple story. And a lot of folks, when they talk about Barabbas, it's okay if I take a drink, okay? Go give me a I never did do this until I seen Brother Glenn do it, okay? 
most preachers, as a matter of fact, in all the years that I've been in church, my daddy was a Baptist preacher, okay? You don't know that, but my daddy was a Baptist preacher. And I was going to church for nine months before I was ever born. And, and preachers that mentioned Barabbas, been mentioned him in passing as like it's just nothing, just Barabbas. Oh, he's the guy that got to go free and Jesus was crucified. But, but it, there's so much more in this story about Barabbas than that. And, and i just trying to find some way that I can relate to you about what is really happening here, about what really took place between Barabbas and Jesus and Barabbas and Pilate and Jesus and Pilate and Jesus and the chief priests and Jesus and the scribes, all this comes right together. How are we going to get this in line in our heads where you can think about it? Well, Barabbas came on the scene for, for one reason. He came on the scene because Pilate was trying to get out of doing something about Jesus. Pilate wanted to release Jesus. He knew Jesus was innocent. He said to the people, I find no fault in him at all. He knew there was nothing wrong with him. And he was wanting to let Jesus go. But here's all these Jewish people over here, these religious Jews, okay? They were crying out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said, shall I crucify your king? They said, we have no king but Caesar. Pilate said, I got to get out of this situation some way. I know what I'll do. I'll make them, give them a choice that's going to be a no-brainer. You know what that is, don't you? It's going to be a no-brainer. I got to release somebody at this feast. I'll give them the choice between someone who is no, so notorious, so cruel, so wicked that they'll have to say, release Jesus. And so Pilate said, which of the two? A murderer, a thief, an insurrectionist, or Jesus? One who healed your body, one who fed your stomach, one who comforted you in dying, which one do you want? And they said, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. As I want to tell you this story, I've decided to do it this way. I had a dream one night. I had been studying that before I went to bed, and I went to bed all around 11, 11.30 or so, and I was very restless that night. And I was tossing and turning and sleep a minute or two and wake up, and I finally went to sleep, and I had a dream that I was Barabbas. That I was Barabbas. You say, I don't believe in dreams. 
Well, if you read in the second chapter of the book of Acts, it says, in the last days I will pour out of my spirit. Your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall what? Old men shall dream dreams. And so I got up the next morning and I started trying to put my thoughts together that I dreamed. And I thought I was praying. I said, God, do you want me to preach this sermon? And it was just like he was in the room with me. Just like he was sitting there at my desk beside me. And he says, yes, I want you to preach it. I said, where? Where do you want me to preach it? God says, I want you to preach it at Hillcrest Baptist Church. I said, wait a minute. I said, Hillcrest Baptist Church has got one of the best pastors and one of the best preachers in the association. And besides him, they got a great staff. They don't need me. God says, I'll take care of it. I'll give you a change. You just preach what I tell you to preach, what I tell you to preach. And so I said, you'll have to work it out. I'm not going to ask somebody to let me preach. I'll preach if he asks me. He just got out of the hospital, and Brother Mike called and said, you feel like preaching? I said, do I, do I? So here we go, okay? My name is Barabbas. You've heard of me, haven't you? You've read about me in your Bible. In your Bible of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I mentioned in all four of your Gospels. It tells just a little bit about me, but not a whole lot. What it says about me, it says that I was a thief, that I'm a robber, that I'm an insurrectionist. I want to be upfront with you. It's true. It's true. I was a robber. I was an insurrectionist. And I was a murderer. I hated the Romans. Those nasty guys that come into our country and put the yoke of bondage up on our necks and we served them and they took our money away and took our gold and our silver and they controlled everything they had taken away our true priest and our true high priest and had put these people in position that had bought that position I hated them Romans if I got a chance to kill one of them I would do it in a minute in a heartbeat I would kill him if I got a chance but I killed Jews also I stole from them also and the reason that I was so frustrated with them is because of their mealy-mouthness. Yeah. So they were so cowardly yeah. because they wouldn't stand up against the Romans. Yeah. They sat calmly by and let our nation be taken over and was just going down hell all the time. I just hated them. And I decided that I'd get out of the country, that I'd leave Judea, I'd go somewhere else and start all over. But before I could do that, I needed money. I'm too proud to beg. 
and didn't know nobody would let me borrow. There's only one way for me to get the money I needed. I'd have to steal it. I'd steal it somewhere. Somehow I'd steal it. I decided to get a couple of my friends, and we would rob somebody. If we had to kill them, we'd kill them. We heard that the Roman garrison, that their payroll was coming. And I said to my two friends, let's go down there and rob that payroll. Let's go down there and get your money. So we went down and we, 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 we attacked the payroll and, and we killed a couple of them Romans. Killed a couple of them Roman soldiers. But things did not go well for us. Things didn't go well at all. They took us prisoner and put us in the dungeon. A few days later, we were taken to trial, and Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat. I looked at him with disdain and disgust and how much I hated his guts because of who he was and what he represented. And I would not show him any fear. I'm not afraid of you, Pilate. I'm not afraid of anything that you can do to me. I want you to know right up front, Pilate, I'm not afraid of you. But then he said, Barabbas, you and your companions are sentenced to death on the cross. You will be crucified. My heart almost stopped. I'd seen it before. I'd seen my countrymen crucified before. I knew the agony of having nails driven into their hands and driven into their feet. I knew the agony of them hanging up on the cross for hours, perhaps even days, and I had to admit, I was a little afraid. He said, you'll be taken and held in the dungeon to the day and to the hour that we decide that you will die and we will come and get you. One morning, very early in the morning, I woke up. There was a lot of commotion going on outside. As a matter of fact, I thought that I heard the people outside mention my name. I wondered, what's going on? Why are they talking about me out there? Then I heard the crowd as they were chanting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. I thought, why do they want me crucified? What's going on? I then heard footsteps on the stone pavement outside my door. I knew what they were doing. They were coming for me. They were coming to get me. This was it. I heard the key as it was inserted into the lock. I heard the key turn and the tumblers in the lock fall. The door swung open, and there stood a big, 
big Roman soldier. I backed into the corner. I'm not ashamed to admit what happened. I backed into the corner, and I backed into the corner and fell down upon my knees, and I said, please, please, have mercy. Don't kill me today. Don't crucify me today. Give me another chance. He had a sneering grin upon his face, and he walked across the cell and reached down and took hold of the chains that were on my wrist, and he pulled me to my feet. He put the key in the lock on one wrist and turned, and it fell loose. He put the key in the other lock and turned, and it fell loose, and the chains fell to the floor. I said, what's going on? He says, Barabbas, you murderer, you insurrectionist, you thief, you're free to go. I said, what? You're free to go. Why? Someone else is dying in your place. I said, who is it? He said, did you ever hear of a man called Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth? I said, I think I have heard of him. He said, well, today the people chose you to go free, and they chose him to die in your life. He turned and walked out. I followed him up the pathway and went up the steps leading up to the courtyard where the people were at. When I came into the sunlight, the sunlight was so bright that that it almost blinded me. And I couldn't see much. And the people were cheering. And finally I got my vision back and I seen the figure of a man standing there. He had bloody garments on. His body was tattered and torn and bleeding as he stood there. He turned and looked at me. Listen, children, I can't forget his eyes. Who I can't forget his eyes. I can't forget that look that was in his eyes that day as he looked at me. It's as if he said with his eyes, Barabbas, I'm doing this for you. I'm dying for you, Barabbas. I'm going to the cross for you. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? This man taking my place and dying for my sins. What am I going to do? Well, Hollywood says, Anthony Quinn, who was Barabbas, that he went to a brothel, raped a prostitute, and got drunk. Spent years in a suffer mind, became a gladiator, and was the last crucified. That's what Hollywood said. What do you think happened to Barabbas? 
Let me, let me share it with you, okay? I know my time's getting up. Brother Mike, you may have to tell me when it's up. It's up, man. Let me shorten it, okay? Let me leave out a whole lot of important stuff, okay? I think Barabbas followed Jesus that day. I think when they laid the cross on Jesus' shoulder and they started leading him out of the city up that little narrow street up to Calvary's way, I believe Barabbas was right behind him. I believe that when they got to the top of that hill, that Barabbas seen his friends who were condemned with him. He seen them as they were wrestled to the ground. And there was probably a Roman soldier on each side of them holding their arms and holding their legs. And they forced their hands and their legs down to the cross. And a Roman soldier took a spike and drove it into their hands and into their feet. And their screams can be heard, clear the other side of Jerusalem. Clear over the other side of Jerusalem. They lifted up the crosses and dropped them in the hole. And there they hung, dying on the cross. But the cross of Jesus was laid down. And Jesus just simply took his body and laid it down on the cross. He did not resist. He simply laid down on the cross and stretched out his arms. And they drove the nails into his hands and into his feet. And he did not utter not one sound. That's not the way we play it, preacher. As a lamb is dumb, does not speak, does not make a sound, so is Jesus. They lifted the cross up, and I had to come back and finish this from here on, Lord Mike. Let me get this. How about Sunday? Okay. Let me finish, okay, just a second. Thank you, just a second. No, I'm, I got to finish, I got to wrap up, okay? Jesus died. He died. He really and truly died. He was dead. There was a great earthquake. Rocks began to just break apart and crumble. The centurion came by and looked at Jesus, yeah. knowing all that had happened. He says, surely this man was the Son of God. Amen. Surely he was. Surely he was the Son of God. And I said, if a Roman soldier, if a centurion can believe that Jesus is the Son of God, so can I. Yeah. And now I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died in my place on the cross. Brother, what's your name? Adam Patterson. Patterson, Patterson. 
You see that cross? That's my cross. Jesus died on my cross. He didn't die on a Roman cross. He died on a cross that I should have died on. I was condemned. I was condemned because I had not believed. I was condemned because I had not received Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Patterson, my name is Barabbas. I am a murderer. I am an insurrectionist. I am a thief. But Jesus died for me. Amen. What's your name, brother? Hallelujah. What's your name, brother? Tell me your name. Brother, close to yours. Close to yours. Okay, when it's close to yours. Brother Terry. Brother Terry. My name is Barabbas. See the cross, Terry? Yes, sir. That's my cross. Amen. Jesus died in my Amen. place. He died on my cross. Amen. He died on my cross. <laughs> he was buried in a tomb. And three days later, he got up. He got up. He's alive. Whose cross is that, folks? Tell me your name. Everybody tell me your name right now. Tell me your name. No, that's not your name. Your name is Barabbas. You are a thief. You are a murderer. You're an insurrectionist. But Jesus Christ died in your place on the cross. You better recognize it's your cross and you better get down here on your knees in this altar and you better be praying and asking God to forgive you your sins and come into your life and save your soul. I wish I had another hour. Brother, I love to preach. I want you to know I love to preach. Okay. <laughs>